from State Street in the heart of Chicago. You are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Hope your day's going re- uh, great. It's a uh, beautiful spring-like day here on at the end of February. My goodness. I read today More that, of this. Yeah, I read today that this is going to go down as the warmest February on record in the city of Not Chicago. complaining. Because I saw there's even more of this coming next week. Ooh, 71 degrees projected on Tuesday. 71. Isn't that crazy? That is insane. I uh, love it, though. We will absolutely take it. Aki's A-list uh, here in a moment. Stuckmeyer said Crystal Lake, I guess, is where... I remember we used to go, they were the, you know the slides I'm talking about? They're like the big metal slides that when the sun would hit them, the, like this, yes. the, the, the 70s slides that when the sun oh, would hit them, the hell they would you. burn your yeah. skin, but they would put them in the lake and then you would have to pour water down them or else you would just skin the hell out of your your leg with burns, and then also just by it sticking. And, and then, like, that's what you would do. You would go to, you'd slide down these slides. And then uh, the Blues Brothers did some scenes in these beaches. We would take field trips and camp up up to these lakes. That's nice. And do these. Uh, do these. But do you the, remember whatever, what other movie made the, uh, the idea of Crystal Lake famous? Yes, Halloween was it? Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth. Jason Voorhees. Really? Yeah. That was based out of Crystal well, no, Lake, no, no. Illinois. The, the name of the camp in Friday the Thirteenth was called oh, Crystal, Crystal Lake. Lake. I got gotcha. you. Wrong, wrong one. Damn, not Halloween. Telling the story, uh, the other one. Like, if, has did this ever happen to you? Like when you guys were going up there for family retreats, if you would stop into one of the local restaurants, if this would would occur. Tyler. Yeah, so there was a um, a guy in a... Uh, I can't find the story now. I don't know where it went. Um, but there was a guy in a restaurant in Ohio, and he had used... You know how you can like cast stuff from your phone to televisions? Well, yeah, for sure. So he casted porn yeah. on all of the restaurant televisions. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Like Sitting down like- trying to grab a burger with your kids. Next thing you know... I got porn. So he did this as a prank for, like, don't you have to have a code or something like that to do that? Sometimes. I think with, like, with Samsung phones, if there's Samsung TVs, you don't need to necessarily have a code. Mm. So. I thought it was, like, I, I thought it was a mistake. I was giving the guy the benefit of the doubt. I didn't think it was intentional. Oh, I thought no. that maybe maybe this was a problem that... Unfortunately, it wasn't wasn't his intention. And Tyler laughed. At, no, that's not possible. The other day in, in Mexico, when we were in Cancun, I turned on the television in our room. First thing my wife says is, "Be careful," because she remembers when we stayed at like this adults, uh, the like adults only resort in in Cancun in the Cancun area. Remember when I was telling you about this? Yeah, a few years ago, it's called Beloved. There's a resort called Beloved. And there were two hardcore porn stations. And I'm telling you, like nothing like you've ever seen, or you probably have seen it. But as soon as you would go. There was no cuddling. There was no. No, you would go to like channel 20 and channel 21. And it would be 
zoom in. Yeah. Right there. Not hey, my name is no, my name is was, Tom. Nice to meet you. Like, yeah. Like right there, like it, like just moaning and groaning and and slapping and everything. Whoa. And she, so I don't know what she thought. Like we're at a family resort that we would just because we we're in Mexico that we would have these porn stations on. I'm like, hey, it's a rainy. I think it was the rainy Sunday that we had. I'm looking for the all-star game on for the kids. And next thing you know, you, there's these moaning and slapping there was sounds. No porn. No. I'm like, oh. I, I'm not putting porn on for the right. kids. Don't right. worry. Yeah. You don't have to worry. I, don't worry. There's Sounds not- like that should have been understood. That that wasn't. She's like, be careful. I'm like, be careful. Yeah, this this ain't the beloved. There's not going to be hardcore porn on these channels. I like the idea too. Um, I can't remember the last time I would like. Do you flip blind? Like, just go up and down with the channel changer, or do you? Well, or do you hit guide at the hotel? I don't think there is a guide. Oh, Meller, are you hoping just to do it blindly and catch something? I'm saying I can't remember the last time I would just start. Aimlessly hitting up and down on the channel. I'm changer. also trusting the sometimes doesn't link up. You know when you you trust the um, you go channel up and then it will say TNT or it will say ESPN. Yeah, yeah it'll tell you what channel you're going you to. Before you actually see the picture, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. So then, porn. You get, yeah, you get, you better be ready to qu- quickly hit the up button porn. if you see like B A L L Z. As the channel that's coming up next, you better be ready to flip quickly, my friend. B-A-L-L-Z. Well, I don't know. What else would it be called? The Balls Channel. It's, it's basketball. You, <laughs> that's the All-Star we're just game. trying to get a pickup game going. That's all we're trying to do. I swear I thought I was putting Adam yeah. Silver on uh, giving Giannis the trophy. Alan. Man, that, that, that NBA stuff. Oof. That NBA stuff is not good. What are they doing? Uh, well, I think they've got a problem in general right now. I do. I don't think it's just the All-Star game. You're right. I think they've got a problem. The one thought I had, and I didn't have many because I'm not thinking of the NBA these days, because I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to be the old man who says it was better back in our day. I believe, I truly believe that the NBA player is way better today than they were 10 years ago. They're more talented, they're more athletic, they're more skilled. Yes. But the funniest part about all of that is they don't ever want to show it. So they don't want to ever show it in the regular season because they're resting. They don't want to show it in the all-star game because it's an exhibition game. So as talented as they are and as skilled as they are, they never ever want to show how much better they are. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. They're like, hey, Not we, in a we, consistent fashion. We, we need to rest today. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just an exhibition game. We don't want to show how much better we are. That's why it's become a postseason uh, league for a lot of people. So now. maybe if, if they would take it seriously and show us how much better they are today than they were 10 years ago, the league would be thriving. But instead, I'm such a basketball junkie, I have no interest in it. I want to be entertained but I'm more into college hoops this year than I ever been yeah. because I can't stand what's going on in the NBA. Yeah. The Warriors suck. The Lakers suck. They're, who are the like? Well, who, there are no good teams. And, and I heard people talking about this as well. I think Stephen A. was having a conversation about it. Who, who's going to take over going forward from Steph and LeBron? Like when LeBron and Steph are done, 
then they hand the keys to the league over to who? Right. Like, you're already struggling right now. I, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, again, like, you may think that this is silly, but I, I mentioned Bradley Beal went back to Washington and scored 40 or 45 against his former team. Steph dropped 60 on somebody, and neither story, which, you know, back in the day, would have it would have caught your attention. Nobody gave a rat's ass. Right, right, right. And the All-Star game, I mean, Ugh. look, I'm not going to rage about it because... It's, it's one game. It, yeah, and... But still, like, it's, it would be cool if they did give a crap. Of course. It was one of the highlights of growing up. It was one of the highlights of your sports viewing year was the NBA All-Star game if you were a basketball fan. Nobody wants to see this crap anymore. No. Let's uh, get to Aki's A-List and uh, give you all the top stories of what's going on today. It's time for Aki's A-List. From the mind of the man who understands the four Ps of Waddle's world. Aki's A-List. A-list. The top questions and topics floating around in Tyler Aki's mind. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Aki's A-List on ESPN Chicago. All right, Tyler, what do you got for us today? All right, well, the story of the day is that Instagate continues between Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears Instagram account. And he was on with the St. Brown Brothers podcast earlier today to talk about that instance. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so serious? Like, <laughs> but like why, why are you not following the Bears? This and that. Like, I still mess with the Bears. This and that. I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with them. That's you know? true. That's true. That's facts. That's facts. But you, you follow Luciana, right? Hmm? But listen, listen, me, yeah, that's, that's my bro. girlfriend though. That's different. But I'm saying like when you're single, it's you really mess with the girls you don't follow more than the girls you follow. You, you know feel me? Oh, like, so you're yeah, saying you mess with the bears? You're saying you mess with the bears more now that you don't follow them? Man, ah, it's like okay, that. okay. It's it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no football. And guess mm. what? Just get away, get away from every bears post. It's either you see who you follow, nah, it's see who follows. See the draft, Caleb. So it's like, bro. Man, I'm tired yeah. of hearing the talk. We want like it's to, annoying. we want yeah. to, like, it's just, bro, like, it's time to just. So you're telling me you don't follow no football. Bro, you follow. I follow Ohio State football. I don't follow the NFL. I don't follow the Bears. Bleacher like, Report. Bleacher Report. Report. It's basketball season. They're not posting nothing about football, dog. Mm. And Drake. They're not posting nothing about football. Do you buy Justin Fields' explanation as to why he unfollowed the Bears? That may be part of it. But I believe there was also he did it for a reason. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna like hold his feet to the fire about this. Who cares? He could do it. It's his social media account. Absolutely. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Like, oh, oh busted! You follow Drake? Like, who cares? It's his. It's his. I. It's getting. To, it could get to anybody. All the all the talk about. This or that. What I found most interesting about that whole thing is, is it true that you mess around with girls if you're single that you don't follow than the ones that you do? I think that's where they live in a different reality from the average person. Because that is like a when you're a superstar athlete, you can do that. I don't think the everyday Joe can do that. So like to, to what? 
so you're not on the radar. You can not follow someone and sort of play it's coy. Like a, a hard to get move. You up? I don't think that's a hard to get move, oh, but okay. I listen. I obviously this is the way young adults do things these days. Athletes, like he's not the first person that quote unquote made a statement by unfollowing. It happens all the time, doesn't it? Oh yeah. The Man. unfollow, the scrub, all that stuff. Sounds Remember, like something Kevin Durant was probably on the forefront of. Sure. Yeah. He wasn't he asked at the All Star game about how he slides into didn't like someone ask him how he slides into someone's DMs? I don't know. I was watching porn in Cancun <laughs> with the kids. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. I, I wasn't. He I just was said home. hi. Yeah. You up? That's not no. That's not how they do it anymore. What is know. the new? What is the new like kind of you up phrase now? That I don't know if there is one. I don't know if there is one. Really? No. Well, that was like that's that's kind of what us old guys. That's our joke, isn't it? You up? That's the thing. Like, there's no. But I think new, that one, I think that you one, up still plays. If yeah. You, for like what I you wanted to that that play, transcended time. For, for what you wanted to accomplish, you okay. up is still uh, the okay. gold. Right. It's still the gold. The axe. Yeah. Right? It's still yeah. gold standard. Yeah. yeah. Still okay. works. You up? Pizza guys could be here in fifteen. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell them that I was ordering a pizza. Just a you up and yeah. Then, what do you listen? I think I, I to suggest. Oh wait, he did. Now he did this. I mean, do I care? I really don't. Do you think he follows him back? Do you think he'll? No. No, especially if they let him know they're going to trade him at some point. Oh, do you think he will? Like when he comes back from vacation, yeah. if he refollows the bears, will he refollow the bears and the NFL. Just well, to well, just why? to make it more, I think I think we'll get. I think we're going to get some news sooner rather than later. I do too. I, I think it, after the combine. I would think it would be prudent. I do think this is a much ado about nothing because you know I remember when Kyler Murray did this before he had signed a big contract with the Cardinals. That made more of an impact because he had a say in whether or not he wanted to sign a deal. Unfortunately for Justin Fields, this isn't Ryan Poles's court. Right, like if he wants to trade him, well, this there's is not much I, Fields can do. That's fine, but what I would say to you is: is wouldn't this be a sign to you, though, that the Bears haven't come to him? It said, Justin, we're moving forward with you. Don't worry about what's being said. We're going to maximize the return on the first pick of the draft. But you are our guy going forward. Do you think if that message was conveyed to him, he he he? Unfollows the unfollows Bears. Unfollows the Bears and says, I'm just tired of it all. I don't know. Like, listen, we're in the speculation game. I'm just. Do Probably I, not. You're right. You know what I'm saying? So I think what it tells you is, is that at the very least, they haven't come to him and said, hey, we're moving forward with you. Where's he going on vacation? Where do you think he goes? Uh, probably somewhere great. Didn't they last year? Didn't he go to Europe last year? Or that was for like. Not work, but like he did yeah. clinics out there. Okay, I'm not sure. All right, so Ho- there. Hopefully, somewhere nice. He deserves mm-hmm. it. Yeah, go have fun. Scotty Pippen is back oh, on yeah. tour. Oh jeez. He we, we we've seen the Bourbon tour and all that stuff, but he, along with Horace Grant and Luke Longley, are going to start the No Bull tour to talk about Michael Jordan and the Last Dance. It's only going to be in Australia. It begins <laughs> so begins in 2 days and it's partnered with uh it's partnered with an Australian basketball league. 
How uh, how much juicy stuff is coming out of this? Well, I mean, I, does, does Scotty show up? Does 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 Scott like what what more can Scotty say? Hasn't Scotty Scotty called the former coach racist? He already said that Michael isn't the greatest. What what more can what more can Scotty say? I want to know if he'll even show up if they've have this scheduled. Oh yeah, he's getting paid, right? Isn't this the only reason why yeah. he's doing this? This is how why, much you think they're paying him? I think in I Australia. Think that's, that's why he's doing it in Australia. It's because it's probably one of the few places that will pay him. Like the Luke Longley fans and the people. Is Luke so Longley big. still like a a hero there in Australia? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Did Luke have a beef with Michael? Oh yeah, he like Michael goofed on him. Yeah, Michael was was really really hard on both centers. Uh, was hard on Cart- Cartwright in the first three, and was very hard on Luke in the second three. He was hard on everybody. Yeah, he was hard on everybody. Yeah. My, look, Michael was was very much at times a bully to a lot of the different players. Yes. But he also they also won. At the end of the day, who was it? Was it Red Kerr or was it Tom Dora that that was great? Wasn't that the story that they were at the table and Michael used to, you know... Oh, yeah, with the, the, the chalk? Yeah, and then Tom Dora, one of them said, I'm sending you my dry cleaning bill. He goes, I pay your dry cleaning bill <laughs> and your mortgage and all your credit card bills. I pay for all that stuff for you. And then went out and scored 50 on somebody. So, look, I mean, when you were the greatest of all time, you, it's very unlikely you're also going to be the most well-liked. Scotty just heard that Marcus Jordan was going down under on Larsa. What? 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 So he decided to go down under in Australia. What? It's it's an Australia joke. I don't know. I've heard he's uh, no tipping (laughs) Pippin. I'm trying to. I'm not, I don't even want to connect these dots, to be honest with you. I want to Let's move on to a Cubs question. Yeah, I was How say, about it? All right. Tyler, what else you got? Did that make you what else you got? Look, yeah. It's a down under joke. Yeah. There was a rumor that's been floating around, and it's based off of what happened at the Cubs Media Day. That based that on where the. Just Justin Fields wants to play for the Steel. No. That based on where the logo is on, like, the. You know how there's like the Cub bear, Walking Bear logo on one of the sleeves? Well, it's alternating on certain players now, which is usually the telltale sign that the patch is coming because they want the patch exposure on television. So they'll put, what, like, so let's say it's a right handed hitter, the left sleeve will be open so that the patch will be viewed on television for a, a right handed hitter. I like it. It's good investigative work right there. Well, th- I, I'm not going to take the credit for it. This is from uh, Paul Lucas over at UniWatch. Um, but are you we, – we've heard Jed on in the past with us before say that the patch is going to go towards payroll. Do you buy that? You're, we're we're going to start to see a little more Cubs spending because of a jersey patch that could be coming this year. Boy, we like didn't we think that the Jumbotron would get more spending? Didn't we think that the marquee – uh, network would get the Cubs more spending. Didn't we think that all the the building in Wrigleyville would get the Cubs more spending? Buying all the rooftops would get the Cubs more spending. They are they are as mid market of a of a team. And I said I would wait towards spring training to really get mad or to to go off on them. And I'm not saying that they should just 
go to Bellinger and give him what he what he wants because I there's not another team that's willing to pay for him. But what I'm worried about is some of the stuff that they're saying these days. I'm just worried that they're a a coupon or coupon clipping team these days. That they get themselves a good sale. Or if they get, and I'm not talking about Chris Sale, if they get themselves a, sale. a good 40% discount on something, a good coupon, then they're all in. This is what I would ask. Um, is the dynamic different because maybe Jed sees things the way that Tom Ricketts does? And Theo was much more willing to kind of take a gamble, maybe the wrong word, but was more aggressive. And maybe it's just not in Jed's DNA. And that aligns more with Tom Ricketts and they see things more clearly. Maybe Tom Ricketts was always resistant to spending a lot of money. But Theo was like, no, 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 no. We have to do this. And in Theo, you trust. And I just wonder if the mentality in the building right now, in the player you know, personnel department, kind of aligns with Tom like, Ricketts. Like Theo is more... He's got more juice where he's willing to say, look, we've got to do this. Yes. And I'm, I don't care if I'm going to be blamed because what are you going right. to do? Fire me. Right. right. But yes. Jed, Jed can be fired. Correct. And or so maybe Jed also thinks like maybe he's just more conservative in general with regard to how he goes about building and, and developing his baseball team. I get that free agency gets some teams in trouble. I, I've all we've always talked about that. It, uh, Jason Hayward got the Cubs in trouble. Carl Crawford got Theo in trouble. We've talked about how how bad deals can get you in trouble, but the Cubs also got your World Series. Sure, sure, of course. The Cubs have always, even well before Theo, have played like a major market team. Yeah. The Cubs these days are not spending like a major market team. The Cubs right now are spending like a mid-market team. The Cubs are not in on the top, top-tier players anymore. They're bowing out, and right now they're just waiting for the good deals. How about and, if you're not going to invest in Bellinger, maybe invest in, a, you know, like Snell's available, isn't he? They're all available. Uh, Chapman's I mean, like, available. Go that route. Go that route. If you spend some money on pitching, if you think that Bellinger's too much of a risk because last year was a one-off. I, take we, your swings. We, we talked about Soto. They they weren't interested in Soto. They're probably not going to be interested in Soto as a free agent. No. Um, like they're probably never going to be interested in a Bryce Harper type player again. They 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 could not get in on Otani. They're not they're not interested in getting in on the top top player. And all they're interested in doing in and I I love a good value. But they're not interested in getting in on the top anymore. And that's, I think it's inexcusable for a big market team. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're, a, they're, they're like a, a, a college. Tom Ricketts referenced the Arizona Diamondbacks. There's a team and an example that shows you you don't have to have. Well, in most instances, that's the exception to the rule. You don't, you don't live in the Diamondbacks world. You live in a revenue environment yes. where you can command more and you can do all both. fronts. You're a mid-major college basketball team. Yeah, you are. You're a mid-market team in in an area where there's no salary cap. I know there's luxury tax, but again, they're not there, aren't they? What are they? They're like thirty some, thirty five like million. Mil, out. Yeah, like they're they are Cody Bellinger. 
per year away from the luxury tax. And I'm starting to get I'm starting to get frustrated as a Cubs fan. Again, maybe in two weeks they'll they'll make us all happier. But I'm start. There are some warning signs right now where I'm. I'm getting a bit worried that they're not willing to go even where they were willing to go 10 years ago before they redid Wrigley Field and they had extra lines of income. And I think the biggest example of that is the owner referencing the D-backs as, you know, yeah. this is the model. Yes. Is that we're going to, you know, outplay our payroll. I t- as a big market team, I, that would scare the you, hell out of me. You know where it started. You know, I think you'll guess. It started with one player, and I think it changed with this one player where they decided not to go after him after he was really good for them for a short period Castellanos. of time. Yes. They could have had Castellanos for like $60 million after he tore it up for them. And ever since then, they have not been the same big spending free agent team. Where Ricketts won. didn't get the return on investment he wanted because of what Theo spent, and I believe he's been gun shy ever since then. He's not, he's not come back to the bargaining table and, like he used to. And my point is, is that if Theo was still here, my guess is, is Theo would go into Tom Ricketts' office and say, "Yeah, we missed on that, but we got to keep swinging, or maybe we got to keep taking a chance, or maybe that's why Theo isn't here anymore anyway." Could be. That's maybe why he left town because he couldn't do things the way he wanted to do them anymore. Right. And this is why I'm saying, like, and I like Jed. I like Jed as much as any, you know, sports guy in the, in the city at this point. And I think that, that Jed has done a nice job on a lot of fronts. If you look at their, their unwillingness to re-sign some of those guys from the World Series team, most of those decisions, if not all of them, were good decisions. Yes. So he's got that as, as you know, his reference point. But at some point, you gotta you got to step up and take a swing or right. two and not be afraid to fail. Especially when you haven't used that money on those players. Yes. So then use it on someone else. Like, if you're not going to spend it on Rizzo or on, on Chris Bryant and, and you made those smart decisions, make use that money on the better players. Exactly. Um, all right, coming up next, we'll talk to Justin Steele. We had the conversation earlier. Really good stuff. He... he had a life-altering um, thing happen to him in the offseason. Uh, and also had a great outing, fishing. And he gave us a term uh, with all of his teammates that we had not heard before. I think I blushed when I heard him say it. Uh, we'll uh, play that for you coming up next. Stop by the number one sports bar, Twin Peaks, for a made-from-scratch lunch and catch two Champions League matches to close out leg one of the round of 16 this week. Who's ready to see some rematches in leg two? Assuming Meller is. Oh, yeah. Champions League. Get to the lodge early to grab your spot. Maybe some of that uh, pot roast that you like as well. I'm pot roast. That is right. Twin Peaks, each drink, scenic views. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. All right, there's a very interesting interview with Jerry Reinsdorf on Crane Chicago Business. Craig Hintz is the guy who has had all this uh, stadium scoopage on both the Bears and now the White Sox. This is really Reinsdorf's first 
really inner, isn't it his first yeah, public I interview? Is, I think that, yes, and I think this is the first time you really, he says some stuff that is, is there's meat on the bones here with regard to the plan and what he's looking for. So I want to uh, let you know, this is something to stay tuned for, we will get into it, including that he, they want to play in this new stadium in the city by 2028, and they want to start work later this year on this. And he also admits that they are contending with the Bears. For public funding. For public funding. Yeah. That this could be an either-or thing on building in the city. Um, it, it, it's pretty incredible, some of the things that he's looking for from the state. And things that he, he says the Sox need. Wait till you hear some of this. Uh, we'll read you that uh, here coming up. Justin Steele, um, a guy who uh, was really in the Cy Young running into the last month of the season. I thought I had a really good chance. I think it, like the last three or four starts he had really kind of did him in. Yes. Uh, so Justin Steele joined us earlier on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. We, uh, we were able to record this just before we were on the air. And uh, Jesse Rogers lined this up. And he had a big uh, life-changing event happen to him. And we asked him, what was that? And what was the highlight of the offseason? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I had quite the uh, busy offseason. Um, I got married, so I'm oh. obligated to say the marriage was by far the biggest part. Um, she was happy. We had a beautiful wedding back in Mississippi. It was great. And then, uh, obviously, uh, we had a great fishing trip down in Venice, Louisiana. I took some of the guys uh, at the end of the season last year. You know, it's nice at the end of the long, grueling season, you know, uh, take some of the guys on a fishing trip, kind of, you know, get away from the field and stuff. It was awesome. Uh, Justin, congrats on the marriage. Uh, also, thank you, thank you. Uh, my question would be, who do you believe is the most skilled fisherman that was on your boat? It seemed like Albert had a really good liking to it. He was uh, seemed like he was one with the fish out there. Really? Yeah. Was Was there anybody that they were just a so to speak a fish out of water being on a boat mm. on a fishing trip? Um, I wouldn't say anybody was like that. N- uh, Nico Horner was with us. Him being from the uh, you know north Northern California area, he, <laughs> I would say he's used to the water. But if we were down in Venice, Louisiana, it was a little bit different kind of fishing. But uh, I think he really enjoyed it. Yeah, we hear this was what a tuna fishing trip. Is that is that the case? Yeah. Yeah, tuna fishing. All right, so explain this to me. Now, I'm a city guy. Uh, Waddle uh, is from Cincinnati. I don't know. How how much fishing have you done? Uh, not a ton. In a pond, yeah. yeah. A little bit of pond fishing. So we're not we're not fishermen or fisher, however you would describe it. I mean, like, I can't even describe what the right word is. So what is what are your tips for tuna fishing? Um, my tip is to go with a good charter that knows where they're at, and knows exactly what to do. That would be my number one tip. But um, I can kind of explain what they do. Inside of Venice, Louisiana, it's the very bottom of Louisiana. So if you go to New Orleans, like that's pretty far south, you go about another hour south, and you're in Venice, Louisiana. It's all just a, a small fishing town. But um, yeah, you wake up early in the morning, you go about ten miles further out on the water to catch your bait fish, and you start whacking tuna, and it's just a lot of fun. Whacking tuna. Is that a technical term? Whacking tuna. Yeah, whacking tuna. Just catching a lot of tuna. I like that. I like that. All right, so I got another question on this. I don't know if you thought that this is the direction it was going to go. When you told us that you got married, 
there are a lot of pitchers who, when they're on that on that mound, you're going to shake off your your catcher a lot. You're going to say, no, 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 uh-uh, I, I, I got this in mind. Um, was that you when it came to um, the wedding, or did you just wait for the signal from your wife, and, and you said, yes, that's the pitch I'm going to throw, I'm going to be there, and I'm going along with everything you say we're going to do that day? Yeah, exactly. It was a lot of the uh, me just nodding and going along for the ride. Uh, I, I just stayed out all of that. I didn't really care for the specifics of how it looked. I just wanted to make sure I was there on time. Yeah, and as somebody who's been made over, uh, married over 30 years, you're going to continue to just nod, and you're going to continue to do it. what's asked of you. That's what I've heard. That's yeah. what I've heard. Uh, on a serious note, what, what were your thoughts, Justin, when you, when you first heard that there was a managerial change and Craig Council had been brought into the fold? Um, obviously the same as everybody, you know, a little bit of shock, you know, didn't see it coming and stuff, but, um, you know, we're excited to have him a part of the team. You know, we've had some great conversations thus far and, uh, we're looking forward to it. Justin Steele joining us. It's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. And, and obviously you don't know him now yet. Well, um, but you have a perception of Craig council when you compete against him, um, is he what you thought he would be so far, or is he a lot different than you thought he would be? Yeah, I would say so. It's a lot of what I expected. Um, you know, just playing against the Brewers so much, and he was the manager over there. You kind of have I pitched a pretty good bit against him, so I felt like it was a battle every single time. You know, and uh, you just look across the way. You know, he's always on his on his uh, you know, got his game face on. And, you know, he's got everything in order and. Just him being over here, you kind of—he's just kind of confirming everything. And you just, from across the way, you've always had the respect of what he's done and stuff. And it's nice to, you know, actually get to know him and whatnot. Justin, after a fantastic year last year, what'd you work on this off season? Um, I did a lot of the same, um, kind of what the saying goes: if it's not broke, don't fix it. But obviously, don't get complacent with where you're at. Obviously, you want to keep working on the sinker, change up, and curveball. And then, uh, obviously, just keep the confidence level with the four seam and the slider. Did you did you think uh, at all, or were you, did you let your mind wander? Because I did. I had a ticket on it um, in early September at all that you had a chance to win that Cy Young. Oh, I mean, obviously, you, if you watch TV and stuff, they're talking about it and whatnot. But I, I did a pretty good job of blocking out the outside noise and just taking it one day at a time and focusing on my job and the task at hand and stuff. So I went to it too overly concerned about it is there is there more conversation and i don't know if, if you think this about you or maybe more about the team is there conversation about at least from a team standpoint about finishing what you guys started on a better level yeah i mean i don't think there is any internal conversations or anything like that going on per se there might be but i think there's just a wide a uh, organizational wide understanding of exactly how close we were last year, and you know the team that did take our spot went all the way. And I've, I've said it a few times: all you got to do is have a chance in the dance, and you can go all the way. Is there a quiet confidence, or maybe a, a quiet hope throughout the guys there that that there may be a few additions to spring training before everything is done in terms of guys being added to this roster? Uh, I, I think the guys here are just doing a good job of. You know, kind of, kind of focus on on what we have here in camp and everything that's going on around here. We're doing a really good job of, you know, keeping the vibes up, good energy up around spring training, and we're really enjoying. It. We're having a lot of fun. 
you know, through a lot of BP today. It was good to face some of the guys, and yeah, we're just having a good time in camp. Who is a guy, uh, as we talk to Justin Steele, Waddle, and Sylvie on ESPN 1000, who's a guy that we should keep our eye on? Maybe it's a guy that we know uh, that's going to take a big step this year. Maybe it's a guy, a young guy that we don't know much about that you can inform us on. I think uh, I think Shota and Managa is going to be the real deal. Uh, just watching his bullpens, watching his life so far, um, he has a really quiet confidence about himself. He knows what he's doing. I uh, that'd be my my call. And and it seems like I just from his introductory press conference at Cubs convention that he already likes being a Cub and likes the vibe about being a Cub. Is that is is that what you gather as well? Oh, yeah, uh, that's very accurate. You know, he's showing up to the ballpark each and every day with a smile on his face. He's trying to, you know, get to know his teammates, talk to everybody. He says hello to me every morning. So it's it's been awesome having him here. Have you set any personal goals for the 2024 season? Yeah, I just want to be able to build off of what I did last year. Obviously, rinse and repeat, do something similar. And then uh, just a number for me is 180 innings. I got pretty close last year. I would like to get over 180 and make my climb towards like 200. Is 180 today's version of the old school 200 innings for you guys? Uh, the way I look at it is like, you know, the prototypical starter probably makes around 30 starts and you get a quality start that's six innings, six times three or six times 30 is 180. So just like, I just kind of go by that math a little right. bit. Yeah. Uh, so the pitch clock, that was a big talk last year. Is that second nature now after a year under your belt? Yeah, I believe so. I really didn't uh, have it affect me too many times last year. If it was, it wasn't too big of a deal, and I was able to make an adjustment pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's too big of a deal. Okay, a couple of other random things. I think last year we learned about you. You're a Bama guy, right? Didn't you have a didn't, – didn't your dad – wasn't he close to the Bama – uh, or uh, yeah, my my uh, my dad played football at Alabama in '84. All right. So, what was your thought when you first found out that Nick Saban was done? What was your reaction? Um, it's bittersweet. Uh, you obviously love and appreciated everything he did for the uh, organization and everything. Um, I really like who we brought in. It's really cool that Nick Saban is uh, sticking around and kind of showing him the ropes of Tuscaloosa and everything. I think we're in a good spot. Um, especially with playoffs expand, expanding and everything, I'm not too worried about it. And Nick bought a house right next door to Tiger Woods to uh, kind of enjoy his retirement. So life is good for Nick Saban at the moment. That's not a bad gig. Not a bad gig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then um, Jesse tells us, who you're probably standing next to and arranged this for us, that you guys underwent media training today. What, 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 yeah, we did. What, 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 what do you learn from that, if anything? <laughs> Just the do's and don'ts. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and do them on live air or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, they pretty much give you examples of what not to do and good ideas of stuff you can do and whatnot. Did you, did you implement any strategy into this conversation today? No F-words. No, I have not. Uh, I do a pretty good job, you know, on my own. I have a pretty good head on my shoulders with all that stuff so i i feel like i do a good job naturally yes you we, do. and we agree yes, we agree with that yes, you do. justin it's always a pleasure uh best of luck this year and we hope we can catch up when you when you head north all right thanks justin yes sir thank y'all thank y'all so much for having me i appreciate it there you go justin Steele. yeah we like talking to justin oh, yeah. Steele. great pitcher nice guy yes all right uh, let's get into this um this article from cranes uh from jerry reinsdorf where he says hey you don't build me this stadium. This could happen. 
If you don't. If you don't build it, I will leave. And uh, we'll tell you about that coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. We've already spent a, we spent a lot of money this year. People talk about why won't the White Sox spend? They think we had a payroll of $185 million this year. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we will, we'll do what Chris thinks that we ought to do. That, that will make us better. I mean, look, we're not going to be in the Otani race. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Was that from uh, last year when he made the change? Uh, uh, yes, when they introduced Chris uh, Getz, I think, as, as at the, the end of August. I think yeah. August 31st was the date. In that uh, exclusive press conference? Yeah. When he just allowed, like, one person from... To ask a question. Yeah. And listen, I'm sure every White Sox fan on the face of the planet understood that they weren't going to pursue Otani. But you just don't say that part out loud, right? Just well, he didn't even say. He laughed at right. It. He laughed right. You know, like you don't even do that. You don't even don't even. You just if somebody asks you about it, you know what? We'll have our baseball conversations, but you don't let your fan base know in a laughing manner. Where well, there's no chance we're going to compete for that guy. Yeah, but boy, Carm, I, has anyone done a well-being check on Carmen that this article is out from Crane Chicago Business? I, um, I suggested he have a drink tonight. I mean, um, he may want one. This is what about four pages long. It's uh, Greg Hints from. Crane Chicago Business has been all over the stadium situation for both the Bears and the White Sox. It was an hour-long lunch interview where Jerry Reinsdorf sat down with him today. That's uh, today, so just a, a few hours ago. And it says, Reinsdorf consistently argued that his goal is not to make money, but field a winning team in Chicago. Along the way, he also shed light on the state of play with the Chicago Bears. Um, and regarding his own team for a state-sponsored stadium, Reinsdorf notably said financing the stadium would require not only $1.1 billion from an existing tax on Chicago hotel rooms, but up to $900 million in infrastructure work It already has been authorized but not funded by a tax increment financing district that covers the 78 property. So as you put it, he's basically looking for $2 billion. Yes. Yes. He indicated that he's on a fast track, hoping to begin preliminary construction work later this year. Trying to to make this happen before Kevin Warren wakes up. And, And they want to play in the new stadium by the 2028 season. He conceded that the Sox and the Bears may be competing for the same public revenue source, the hotel tax, to pay for the new Chicago arenas, but said the two family-owned teams are trying to work out a mutually beneficial deal. One thing that's off the table, sharing a stadium, quote, it doesn't work, Reinsdorf said, you end up having a stadium that is no good for football or baseball. Yeah, I, I agree I think we that. all agree, I agree that. with that. It's one of the few agreeable things he said. Uh, I mean, there's some stuff in here. There really is. Like, the the thing that I don't love, again, about this is he says 
that they have to build this in order to win. That they can't win where they're playing right now, and that's why they don't spend. Right. Is is be, and and that if they don't get what they want with this new stadium, that when he passes away, if they're still playing where they're playing in Bridgeport, his son is going to be forced to sell the team. The new owners are going to move the team because it's just not financially feasible to continue playing there. Like again. That's what kind of threat is that? I don't think I, it's a good one. I don't. I think he's going to sell there. I think the family's going to sell the team no matter what. Don't you? Yes. They're selling the team no matter what. And Ryan's, it says it goes on. There's a lot here. Reinsdorf's prediction that the city will lose the team without a new stadium and may give him that may give him some leverage with lawmakers who are reluctant to offer subsidies to a wealthy man they did this before don't you don't you think that he knows that he's going to sell the team his family after he passes away so he wants the stadium being built knowing that the valuation for his team is going to go way up with the new stadium so therefore his shareholders and his son will make the most money after he passes away. Oh, but wait a second. It's going to be the anchor of that whole area in the 78 district. And it that's going to be just this a booming environment where this thing's going to pay for itself right, with like taxes a, and revenues. I don't think this is about moving the team. I think when if, if they don't have a new stadium, it will sell for less after, after he passes away if they're still in Bridgeport. I have a good idea. If this is such a great financial decision, why not? Why not do it yourself without public funding and then you get to keep all the profits? You don't have to worry about a lot of the revenue going back to pay off the, the bonds. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. It's what he does best. He is a fantastic businessman. Fantastic businessman whose teams haven't won much at all lately. He owns two of them. And two fan bases are extremely frustrated with him as a sports owner. His shareholders are extremely happy with him. 312-332-3776. We'll read you more uh, uh, of, of the details in this coming up next.